Welcome to the Success Journey Show. Let's travel together through the lives of individuals on the road to success. Hey, what's going on, travelers? We are back with you again for another week of the Success Journey Show. Marlon, what's good, bro? How you doing today? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. Ricky, how you're doing? Um, in the episode, good, good. let's talk about this because they know now that we so we we record the episode and pre-record the beginning. Um, yeah, I just yeah. want to know how Nicole is doing. I know yeah, today. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, for sure, man. When by the time you guys hear this, she would have probably been done with her last uh, infusion, actually, um, mm. chemo treatment. Uh, we had one today, and then by the time you guys hear this episode. It'll be her last one and i mean so far you know it's it's a journey dude it's 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 uh it's walking those paths unknown you know every time you walk in there not sure what the reaction is going to be you know how they're going to be able to treat treat you you know i had to get had, had to get a little uh not, not loud but you know i had to put, put my foot down a little bit today man they didn't want to let me up in the room you know so i it's yeah you know it's that's another whole story coming but yeah, we're just grateful that she's getting through these, you know, um, resting and, you know, it's, it's really forcing me to think a lot about my next steps. It's yes, really forcing me to think a lot about my next step. What am I going to be doing? How am I going to be supporting my family at a higher level? What have I built myself up to at this point in life um, so that I can offer more to you know for my family and do more for my family and um yeah i'm I'm the type of person where i i being a provider i take seriously you know and i'm always thinking about moves i can make for now and also moves i can make for the future you know and making sure that i'm getting the most out of it it took a long time for me to realize that you know i have value you know i have more value and honestly, I don't care who's listening to this, honestly, than what I, I get, receive right now uh, <laughs> organizations that I'm in. I mean, it's just flat out what it is. And the organization will tell you that, too. They don't they don't pay you at, at market rate. But, um, <laughs> you know, it, it's now it's like looking at, OK, hey, man, I'm, I'm in a situation now of life and death, you know, you know, with, with my family, uh, life and death. Yeah, literally. You know, so it's like, Rick, what are you going to do now to make to put it in, keep put it in your hands and make the choice. And that's what we're talking about today, man, with our with our guests today. Um, I, I, Mar- I'm Marlon going to introduce the guest, so I'll do the part of just telling you guys, listen, well, actually, no, Marlon, what's going on with you, man? I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah, no, 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 no. no. I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm, you know what, what's good, Rick, is that we do this podcast and we even take it for granted, you and I, because we're saying, oh, we're just doing a podcast and we, we enjoy what we're doing. But I know a lot of people when they talk, they, oh man, I love your podcast. Thank you for the talk. They send this, they send, and we don't really, we don't really, we are looking at everybody else's journey. And it's crazy to see the journey. Think about, think about when we started two and a half years ago ish, or two, two, two years and a little bit ago. And what we're yeah. thinking about doing now, the vision, we never really had a vision no. of what, what some of the stuff that we're embarking on. So yeah. it's still crazy to see, you know, your mind shift, my mind mm-hmm. shift at the same time. Um, I'm growing from, from learning things from you. You're growing from learning things from me. And the yeah. collaboration that we're putting together, it's just so crazy to see that happening in real time and it's being documented. And I love, I know, I know Ricky gets the bulk of the, of the, um, 
when it comes to technological stuff and putting stuff together and everything. I try, I've been trying people. I've got a new oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he's rocking man his computer better than mine man he's killing it man I mean, it's better than his but the production on my side <laughs> so I, I run it through Wick, but you know I, i'm i'm gonna really be invested in this one because i think this we're gonna do a little mini docu-series and this is gonna be something because we went and we looked at um a property want to sit down and talk to some people we're we're about to embark on some serious different um ventures right now and i'm just happy for where we're taking this thing and what we're doing and what we're showing people when you really live and not only just talk about it but execute yeah yeah guys it's it's i i this we mentioned it in our episode that this is the last uh interview episode guest episode i believe the last guest episode for this for this season yes. And if it wasn't, this was this was we're making it this one. <laughs> um, yeah, I went back and you know I do all the the the, the logging and saving of the episode. Man, we've been going, we've been keeping this, this season on since since August. Yes, and you know we haven't so ABC or something like yo, you yeah. know that's not a season, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we need we definitely are we will be um we won't be gone you know um by the time you see us again maybe a couple weeks um then you know i'll have my background back like i say a little later in the episode but still you know one thing that i have you know loved about this like marlon is saying man just the growth and i was actually thinking about it today man and uh man you know it's like 20 we say oh we've known each other for 20 something years yeah right? and, and literally been 20 something years yeah. i'm trying to think of the exact number but it's over it's over 25 i want to say it's around yeah. 25 something around there if yeah. it's not 25 yet it's pretty close to it or not over that um yeah dude and when we went back we were doing the same thing yes music yeah it, it was in a different area yeah this yeah driving to the city singing yeah here. yeah yeah it's the same it thing. Like, you remember this if people people heard us put a track together, let me tell you people we put a track together to sing a song and we used the church the church's tape thing <laughs> went and we sang the different parts harmony on the track yeah and took a tape yeah. <laughs> on the cd at that time tape, tape 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 at that time down to the city to perform in a talent show all, all within like 24 hours <laughs> all within 24 hours wrote the song well revamped the song it was the song that was already or we revamped the song put the song together ricky played yeah 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 we did the harmonies <laughs> everything took it down to the city and performed and you know oh my goodness man we just we were getting it man man and i was like wow man still still moving in just different areas man and i'm just like yeah. i'm excited about i mean it was, it was a time where you know he was doing over doing the military i was doing uh whatchamacallit and just career whatever it may be yeah. and then the guy brought us back at the appointed time appointed time for now and yes. uh, we couldn't have timed it any better. And as you guys, we're talking about journey and traveling with you guys. We're we're, we're journeying and traveling together, man. And yeah. um, I'm I'm really enjoying the 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 storybook that's being created of Madden Inventors. You know, as we're moving, it sounds like a law firm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Madden Inventors. <laughs> you know, yeah, right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, guys. You know, we're excited. We, we uh but we have a, a phenomenal episode to get to so let's be let me be quiet so you guys so you guys can really listen to this uh episode um i'll let marlon introduce but i want to before he does that i want to remind you 
go to the success journey show com. www i never say www.successjourneyshow.com all right go on there if you can't remember that just type in success journey show on google you got it that way go on there sign up to, uh, as a subscriber sign up to join the squad um sign up uh also go to our shop you know we have t-shirts we got new t-shirts in yeah. um we got a fire new fire color that came in Whew. yeah it's nice it's nice i don't even have it right in i should have it right with me but it's okay You're, you'll see it soon um and go ahead and order t-shirts support support this message of journey and traveling we got the bags yes got the bags on there uh books you know, I actually had a copy on me. Oh, I put it in my bag, my success journey bag. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, guys, you know, check all that stuff out. Successjourneyshow.com. Go to every podcast platform. Uh, you can find us on there. Leave a review. Uh, let us know how you're doing, what you're enjoying about these, and some potential people that you want us to interview on this show. All right, Marlon, I'll turn it over to you to introduce the guest, man. Yes, sir. All right. Hey, this week we're changing it up. Because, you know, usually Ricky's always introducing this person, but I had to fight him. I said, Rick, man, I got to introduce my boy, man. Let me do it. And he, he gave me the, he said, all right, man, I'll, I'll let you do I it. This yeah, 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 here you go. I have to pay him a little bit of, of money, but that's all right. That's all right. <laughs> our guest, the best part of our show, our guest, this brother, it's funny how connections work because you would think we knew each other for 50 years. But we met through mutual friends and his spirit, the way how he moved. I just loved it. And um, I just wanted to, I had to get him on the show because of what he does. But Will Carroll's on the show with us today. And hey, welcome, brother, welcome. happy to have you, man. Awesome to be here, man. I appreciate the invitation. I appreciate yeah. you, man. Appreciate you. Hey, hey won't you go ahead and, for the people so we can get into your story. Let them, let them know a little bit about yourself, who you are, where you're from, and what you're all about. All right, cool, cool. So, uh, young guy, Will Carroll. I grew up in uh, Indiana, actually in the Midwest, and I've lived pretty much all over the U.S. But my story: I'm the youngest of five boys, and so I grew up in the country in the cut, not the nicest neighborhood, and kind of fighting for survival. You know, you're the smallest, you got to fight for the last meal, things of that nature, right? And grew up not having a whole lot, but the thing that that taught us not having a whole lot was to value family and that family time and the outdoors. Like we didn't send it from the TV, right? We were mm -hmm. forced to get out the house mm -hmm. until the street lights came on, right? And then you had to be back in the house. That was kind of my thing. And I think that's resonated with me for the years, you know, ever since I even pursued in school, you know, I thought I grew up not having much. I wanted to pursue a career that would give me money so that I could take care of my parents, right? To give back. But at the end of the day, it was kind of like, I don't need a whole lot to be happy for me. Mm. It's really just making sure everybody else is taken care of. Mm. So that's really driven me. And that kind of led me into the route that I went into a healthcare. I knew I wanted to be a doctor of something, but I wasn't really sure. And I thought I was going to go to anesthesiology route. Mm -hmm. But I had a couple of mentors had gone that route. And I was like 12 years of training in school. I, I don't think I want to do that. Like, you know, I don't want to do that. So I decided to actually intern at a hospital locally. And I interned in the pharmacy department. And I said, okay, I'm gonna start pre-med, but pharmacy is kind of an idea. And so I went to Southern, Southern Adventist University in Tennessee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where I met Rachel Magistry at the time. Yes. 
Rachel Badistry is who I went to her birthday party and I met Marlon her, at that weekend getaway. It was Florida. Was I think it was Florida where we were. Florida, right near between between Orlando and Tampa. Yeah, I think that's not this. It was um, Denton or something like that. It was something crazy, but that weekend was epic because it was. I didn't know anybody in the house but Rachel. But you would have thought we were like the closest friends in that weekend. It was an amazing experience. But that right there, that Southern experience taught me a big lesson about pre-med definitely wasn't for me. Uh, so, <laughs> so, so I finished up my two years at Southern and I went back to Indiana so I could go to Ball State University because, you know, being it in-town resident, the the tuition was like $8,000 a year versus Southern, you know, was like $25,000 a year. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I was playing, you know, I thought I was fly, you know, I had a little attention. So, you know, I wasn't worried about class or anything. I was trying to just be social. But <laughs> I went back, put my head in the books, got into Ball State. I finished uh, an, an analytical chemistry degree there. Oh, and cool. I, I would do a little research while I applied to pharmacy school. A little <laughs> right i mean so i got accepted at purdue and yeah. purdue university they were number two at the time right and so i was like right on i went on to purdue and decided to do a dual degree program hmm. i did my doctor of pharmacy while i did another degree in medicinal chemistry molecular pharmacology hmm. so thinking i'll use that analytical chemistry do some research maximize the experience and I left there, went through rotations, decided to do a residency, internal medicine, infectious diseases, left there and went back to Indiana from my hometown, the hospital where I was born mm. I came back as an infectious diseases specialist. And wow. uh, I hung in there for a number of years, actually just about two and a half, three years. And I was at the point I was dating this girl who did neurology down in Huntsville. And I, have y'all been to Huntsville? Y'all been to Huntsville? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know why anybody want to move there. Besides yeah. Oakwood. Let me, let me, unless you go to NASA or Oakwood. Like, I just didn't want to go to Huntsville. But uh, we, at that time, it was one of those things of, when I first started out at that hospital, people would question everything that I said. Mm. They call me Doogie Hauser in the elevators just to be, like, rude. Wow. I had physicians who would cuss me out when I would call and tell them, yo, that's like not the right antibiotic on that patient or trying to advocate for patients. And they literally mm. would get on the phone and just be talking to me like, like I'm a stranger on the street. Mm. But, you know, we had those like mobile phones. So I legit would just walk to wherever they are while we're still on the phone until you're face to face and you just hang up the phone so you can keep your talk. And it's, it's amazing how that courage disappears real quick, right? It's like the tone to just, <laughs> you create that atmosphere of listening, y'all, 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 y'all. We're both here for the patient, right? Mm. I'm here advocating, we're on the same team. Why are you trying to fight me, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But after, after so many years, they didn't even ask me questions anymore. They never questioned anything I said. It wasn't a challenge anymore. So I think some people find that as like a good cush job, mm. but that's not me. I actually like a challenge. So that's when I had to figure out, do I want to go to Huntsville to be with her or is she going to come up to Indiana? Mm. And the cool part was the hospital really valued me at that point. Mm -hmm. 
that they offer me the chief of infectious diseases position above the physicians. Ooh, wow. And in 24 hours, they created a neurology position for her to move her. Wow. Wow. Mm. Man, thank God kept you out of Huntsville. But listen, listen, the crazy thing is, I actually, she asked me, she said, are you going to be happy here in like two more years? Mm. Or are you going to be bored again? So you had a good woman. Right. I did. I did. And now someone will be bored. And she's like, well, why would I move here? Oh, man. So I ended up, I didn't go to Huntsville. I went to Atlanta. Okay. Okay. There you go. I went to Emory. And so I don't know if you ever try to drive from Atlanta to Huntsville. There is no good straight way to get there. You either go through Confederate flag freeway or you go (laughs) up to Nash to Chattanooga and then back down. Right. Worst worst drive ever. I think I went twice. It was like, I can't 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 say. At least in Atlanta, I met the coolest crew of my Southern, my um, Adventist folks there, my singing group, everything like that. Career really took off there. Um, started just as a clinical manager. And then I got connected with like this co-op across multiple states leading a clinical division. And then I left there and became a consultant, a healthcare consultant with a new company that allowed me to then travel the world. I lived in Puerto Rico an extended period of time, a lot of yeah. work there. So that's family, that's home right there now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I see the pictures. Bro, I, <laughs> <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I know. So that's, that, that, that experience um, was pretty cool because it gave me the mindset of always trying to look for opportunities to optimize or to improve or to fix mm. things and be able to assess very quickly. And you're forced to be able to interact with people, build rapport really quickly, right? Mm, yeah. And your credibility. Yeah. And so after years of doing that, it kind of led me to my next area. So did you have a question about that? Were you going to say something? No, 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 no you're good. I'm, I'm loving the story. Yeah, I know, um, right? I don't want to stop you, go ahead. So I started as a, a regional clinical director when I first got there. Within the year, I moved to VP position. Mm. And so I had done consultants across the U- consultations across the U.S. and um, the company was continuing to grow. So I moved into a regional vice president over a clinical division mm. and was supporting a num- about 22 hospitals at the time across a variety of states. And so at that moment, I was traveling about 150 flights a year. <laughs> There's 52 weeks in the year. Just do that math real quick. Right? Mm. right. So I used to keep three suitcases at all times. Two in my car. Mm. So one that I would take out, I would okay. fly back into the airport, swap out a suitcase and go back on another plane. No joke. Wow. I, I, I'm watching your journey, bro. Yeah. Envious, envious. envious. Mm. Well, <laughs> it looks good from the outside. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> but the crazy thing is, you know what? Like it got to the point where I only felt lonely or weird when I was home. Mm. Like if I was, I only stayed in Hilton hotels and I only flew Delta, right? So I get to my hotels, I get on the plane. You always get first class because you get diamond status, right? So yeah. you just get into your, your thing, right? And then you go home and you like, ain't a soul here. Like, mm. Don't want to sleep in the bed, like, because it don't feel, it's just <laughs> weird, right? Oh, wow. Yeah. But so it's interesting because at that moment, for that moment in my life, I was like, this is the life. Mm. Like I can travel wherever I want to, whenever I want to, how I want to. But after about 
four years of that, I was like, okay, I need something a little bit more stable. Hmm. And that's when Kaiser Permanente was recruiting for a national vice president position. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so I got connected with that, with the recruiters, went through seven interviews for that position. Wow. Went to California three times. Mm. And um, was eventually offered that position, joined the organization. And that was my first time overseeing billions of dollars, where we no longer mm. talked in billions. Yeah. Uh, so, which I had never done before, right? That just, it's interesting where at one point, if somebody offered me a thousand dollars, I'd be like, absolutely. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then you start yeah, thinking about, okay, right, hundreds of thousands. Yeah, like, and then oh, you man. get to the point where you're like millions, millions. right? Yeah. But then you got to the point where millions don't even make you flinch. It's like, we yes. don't talk, we don't talk about anything yeah. unless it's a billion, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> you like, right? like, hey, and I remember. Let me tell you something, Rick. And I won't even say numbers of what they were doing, right? Mm -hmm. I, I call Will. I'm like, yo, man, you're in Cali. Because as soon as he was transitioned to Cali, I was kind of leaving, right? And All I'm right. gonna tell some stories about Will because Will, I'm gonna tell you about that weekend too, right? So, but <laughs> so he's leaving. I'm like, yo, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, man. So I know he's usually he has a house like everywhere he goes or whatever. He's like, yeah, I'm not. I'm not living in a, I didn't get my house yet. And then he told me his conditions that he was under. It was like some celebrity status. I won't, I won't say what they were, what this guy was doing. To, I was like this, he's like, yeah, I'm just doing this and I'm staying here and they're taking care of me for this until I get my house and I'm getting my house built. And I'm like this, what in the world? <laughs> listen, listen. So let me be very clear. Like, when I got my offer letter from Kaiser, like, I don't know who gonna hear this, but I don't care. I don't work for them anymore, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I had to go to my financial planner to interpret my offer letter because there were pages and pages and pages. Wow. Their executives are stacked. Like, they move you. They sell your old house. They buy your new house. They give you bonus. They give you stipends just on top of stipends just because you're an executive every month. You just get money on your check just because... <laughs> You're an executive in case executive. you need it for dry cleaning or in case you need it for a taxi or something. It's just crazy. Wow. So to your Man. point, I got into real estate and I just, everywhere I move, <laughs> I buy a house, right? I buy a house to keep it, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> and those are my tax break. Those are my children. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so you live and learn, right? So, yeah. um, but, but California was good for me because number one, most people know what Kaiser Permanente is. Right. Yeah. Especially if you're in healthcare, $83 billion organization. Yep. I was yep. a national executive for them. So now you're at the point where your compensation is not even like calculated anymore. It's just like, it's just a different mindset. So now if you are interested in a position, you don't apply for positions anymore. You just post somewhere that you're interested and they contact you. Mm -hmm. You don't fill out applications. You yep, just... Yep. Yep. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I posted on LinkedIn that I was open for new opportunities. And really it's because of uh, a few factors. Number one, my boss had a lot of microaggressions, mm. undermine me, would try to intimidate our leadership team. She actually did some bullying as well. Mm. Um, and she would talk to me in a very condescending manner. Mm. actually in the presence of others at times. <clears throat> oh. 
So being the individual that I am, I document everything. And so I sent it to HR and um, they were aware they, she had multiple issues before and investigations, um, but they had never terminated her. And so I told him, I'm not staying underneath these circumstances. And so I, at that point I told her, like, I don't have to work. I'm here cause I want to work. Mm. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you choose if you want me here or not. And, <laughs> and she told me, um, well, you don't seem happy that like you're here. You should just go find another job somewhere else. And it's interesting, like when you get to that point where it's, it's, it's no disrespect, but, you know, I prayed about this position. So mm. God opened this door and brought me here. Correct. And so thus you can't close the door. Right. Mm. So, mm. so you understand the role that you play. You're just here for me to learn the lesson that I'm supposed to learn. And if you decide to leave before I do, then so be it. Or if he tells me to move, then I'll let you know. But until yeah. then, I'll be here. And, and that's how we operated for a long period of time. Um, eventually, I decided that I wanted to open up another option. So I posted on LinkedIn an interview with several healthcare systems. UC in Colorado, yep. Florida, Adventist Health, yeah, 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 Texas, yeah. and New York. And it was so cool. New York just resonated with me. That team up there felt real personable. Mm -hmm. It's a young leadership team too. Young health system, only six years old and growing like wildfire. Oh, wow, wow. Mm. Um, They just created my chief executive position as well. So it was a brand new position, bringing in somebody who could create a service line, make a change, build report, mentor a group of young, young docs and stuff. And that's right up my alley, right? I live yeah, for that. Yeah, 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 I yeah. Live yeah. For that. So um, I just said, okay, let's talk about it. And they presented me an offer. And I told them it was a little shy of what I thought it would be. And they came back and offered me like three times of what I said it was shy. <laughs> and I was like, Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> got a deal there. Yeah. <laughs> so we decided to, uh, at that time, I talked to, this is the thing, being an underrepresented minority, I'm always checking with HRs, like my best friend. I'm always yeah. looking at um, EEO, all the different things to make sure, number one, you're not going to catch me slipping. Mm-hmm. Number two, I want to make sure that I'm covered. So I'm going to investigate and research Truly, what are the terms for termination for rehire? Do I have to give you a 60 day or a two week or whatever? Mm-hmm. So we confirmed all of that. And then I actually connected with all of my counterparts, the other senior leaders. And I basically created a whole bunch of emails and I timed them. So that mm-hmm. my last day, every executive received a personal email. Mm-hmm. I scheduled one-on-ones with all of my team members to let them know and work on a transition plan. And then at the end of the day at 4.59, my boss received my resignation note. Oh, wow. So everyone else had already been notified. Yeah. And then she got it at the end of the day. Um, And it was, hey, so I'm gonna be gone for the next three weeks. I'll be back (laughs) for one week. Um, And (laughs) that'll be my last day. Oh man, I love this guy. (laughs) And because 
if you work for a certain vindictive leader, you'll realize, you know, they will create your your last week will be hell, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it worked out so that they didn't ask me to work anymore, anymore. So (laughs) that month to get situated in New York to find a house, right? And (laughs) it just worked out, man. So made some really good friends, learned a ton about business and my business acumen increased tremendously in budget management and CapEx Mm. and OpEx and all the right stuff, right? That has already provided a lot of value moving into this new organization. Connecting. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But tons of lessons learned, tons of challenges, but it's interesting that journey where it leads you to where you need to be when you need to be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, man, I'm telling you, your story is so, and I know Ricky's gonna dig into it. I'm gonna, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell the story before, right? So you told, you know, you told Destin or wherever Florida we were, right? Well, yeah. I come here, and, and, and no, it's not Destin. Destin is further Denton. down. Denton, when I think it was Denton, I yeah. think it was. And you even stayed at my house one time too. Remember that other time when we had? Oh yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, <laughs> so. So Will, so Will, Will is there, right? And like he says, we don't know nobody. The only person I know is is Rachel and her husband William, right? Yeah. So that's it. And I know, do I know Aretha and them yet? Yeah, I know Aretha and them. A li- no, 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 no. That's the first week I'm meeting everybody. Right. Yeah. Mark everybody, right? Yeah. So my wife, there's something wrong with her foot. So you got to think about it. I like I like clothes and I like to dress. I'm coming in. I'm seeing this brother. He's all fly. You know what I'm saying? Very, very put together. You know what I'm saying? I'm like this. Okay, okay, okay. My wife has something wrong with his foot. This, this single man says to my <laughs> says to my wife, "Oh, I'm a um, I'm a uh, uh, what? What you said you were uh, the, 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 the 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 disease, whatever, whatever. Some 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 nice doctor, right? And I can look at your foot." So he's in the room with my wife's foot in his hand, and I'm out there like this, like. <laughs> I don't remember that part. <laughs> I'm like, this brother trying to make a move in my wife. I don't remember that. Was this was this that weekend at Rachel's birthday, or was this at oh really at Rachel's birthday? You had uh, I'm, not, I'm I'm peeking in. The, I'm not, I'm trying to be not insecure, right? So I'm peeking in the room like. Actually, I think because I did. I, okay, so I don't remember that part, but I do remember you mean mugging me a little bit. I mean, I wasn't quite sure what was going on. The part but yeah, I, I, I forgot all about the Look at this Billy D. William brother we are trying to. <laughs> I forgot all about that. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. But then you, that was like the uh, second day you met the personality, and then we had the broalition. Oh, you know, yeah. We had the coalition, so we came together against the girls, you know what I'm saying? Or the yep. women. So we had to, and then I, we started learning. And then on Saturday, every, all the brothers had on, like, green, some form yep. of black and green. Yep. Without us even, everybody had on some form of black and green. Yep. Wow. On that Saturday. Wow. So it, was, it, was, it was fun, man. It was, that was fun. A fly, that was a good weekend. Yeah, that was a great oh, weekend. Yeah. So, Rick, I know you have a million questions. Oh, yeah, I- dude, man. I, I, your story, man, is, is phenomenal. It resonates as well on my end. And, and I love the just, we don't have too many people talk about their corporate journey and the way that you, you laid it out. And you, you talked a very high level. Um, 
<laughs> very, very high level. But you, but you told the story so well that everyone was so intrigued. But I want to back up because there are a lot of people that are, let's talk to the people that are, we usually talk to people that are early career when we do talk about this, like, oh man, this is what you need to do. We also talk about people that have already completed. They're, you know, they're on their way out and they're retired or entrepreneurs now. But one people that we don't necessarily talk to, and I want to turn this into their direction this time, is that mid-level uh, manager, mid-level career individual that is saying, hey man, am, I, I want to grow to that point in my career. You know, what moves do I need to make? What do I need to look at right now where I'm at so that I can start continue climbing the ladder? You know, um, yeah. you, you made a lot of you later made a lot of um, references to, you know, relocating in different areas, finding the right fit. And some people don't understand that at all. Yeah. They feel, you know, some people are still in that mentality. Oh, man, you got to stay with your company for 10, 20 years, get vested, and then they're going to move you up, you know, the ladder. So let, let's bring it back down to those individuals. Let's talk to them where they are right now and just share some insights that you came across when you were going on your journey and what you've learned through that. Yeah. I think that's key. What you said about, you know, staying in and being loyal. <clears throat> some people think of loyalty means that one organization, right? And that if you're loyal, they will reward you, your loyalty, right? <laughs> um, not too many people still operate in that space because if you think about it, if I'm trying to be the next level up, oftentimes there's just one person there and there's many people on your level. Yes. So how do you, number one, if you're trying to stay locally, how do you strategically put yourself in the position that you will be the one selected for that promotion, right? Mm -hmm. But still your odds are if there's five, one, 20%, right? Yeah. Very low. So I think that if you want to stay committed to that organization, I would say be open to exploring other opportunities outside of your current role or your current department, current mm -hmm. division. How do you do that? Explore additional stretch assignments. Mm -hmm. There are always, like I'm thinking about from a healthcare perspective, right? But any organization, there are always these projects that come up. Yeah. That will need a leader, right? Mm -hmm. There will always be looking for key strategic partners that they can pull together to be in a focus group or whatever. Mm -hmm. yep. Your services without asking for additional compensation, right? Yeah, yeah. This is a delayed. You're investing in yourself, right? Mm -hmm. And that investment will pay itself off. Mm -hmm. So it's not about that immediate gratification. So I think you can take that commitment to the organization approach, but I think I take the commitment to my profession. Mm. really it's the commitment to my passion and my purpose which happened to be aligned with my profession mm. so i think a lot of people don't pause long enough to determine what is my purpose and my passion and then how do i align my profession so that all of them are in the same line right mm. many times you separate the two you try to do your purpose and your passion on the weekends or after yeah. hours right Yep, yep. Well, I think that if you commit to your purpose, you commit to your passion, you commit to your profession, you don't have to be committed to one organization mm. because you're going to grow and eventually you're going to outgrow an organization. Like my stance is two to three years. Every If you look at my resume, CV, every two to three years, I'm moving up. Yeah. And my approach is within two to three years, I should have mastered what I was supposed to learn from this organization. I should have set it up for success. 
I should have hired the right people who will succeed, like follow in my footsteps. Mm-hmm. And the organization can still function without me. It will not run as well, but it will function without me if I've been a good leader. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. my goal within two to three years. And so I've strategically positioned myself to move elsewhere. Mm. I think in order to do that, though, you have to be okay with being uncomfortable. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Man, I love that, Rick. And the reason why I brought up the book is because um, the, laws, uh, the laws of success, it says exactly that, that if you're given a job, do more than the yep. job requires. Yep. And a lot of people, and I, I'm telling you, especially in DOD or, uh, let me not say, when, when, when a lot of people, when they have a job description and you ask them like, hey, can you do X, Y, Z? They pull out their description. They're like, oh, not wow. in here, bro. right just like you're saying yeah because it's your passion you're willing to say i'm going to do this outside of the realm of i'm not going to get the compensation for it but i'm doing it because it's my passion one and Mm -hmm. i'm doing it because it's something that i I, I, um and it's also gonna that synergy that you're talking about those three different things that you're talking about so i'm very happy to hear you push that and i want people to hear that because we call our people that we that listen to us. We call them travelers because everybody's on the destination and nice. we're on a journey. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so travelers, yeah. if you're out there listening, that is one of the laws of success. And mm-hmm. is when you get a job or anything you're doing, make sure you do it better than what you're getting paid for or whatever the situation is. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I find that being uh, having been been a young person of color, eyes are on me anyway. That's something we're going to touch on. Yeah. So for me, I always felt like it. I had to do better than other people. Yeah. And so there's a question of what drives that, right? Some of that may be intrinsic. Uh, sometimes it's your parents, especially if they were West Indian or from a certain culture that mm-hmm. you have to do well, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. But I also realized <laughs> that when I was a resident, one of my attendings could ask my non-melanated counterpart, hey, what should you do for this patient? And they would say, we should give them aspirin. And he'll say, good job. Will, what should we do this patient? I'm like, you should give them aspirin. Why? Because mm. that's what you give a person with a headache. Why? Mm. How does it work? I would get grilled with questions, right? Mm. And it started to like really wear on me after a while. So about two to three weeks into this rotation, there was a specific article that this physician kept quoting. And he kept saying, so that's why drug A is better than drug B. You know, this article was written, blah, 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 blah. And everybody else is just eating it up, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I was, I was, I I don't want to cuss on the thing. I was kind of upset, right? (laughs) Sorry, sorry, Tyler. I was upset. (laughs) So, you know, and at that time I, I was like, you know what? It, I'm, I'm concerned because the article that you're referencing actually doesn't suggest that drug A is better than drug B. Let's look at the actual clinical trial setup. These are actually morbidly obese patients. The dose wasn't adjusted for them. You didn't have the same type of people managing their therapy. If you had them, would the outcomes have been the same? How do you come to the conclusion? Because we're doing power to subject them. Like, and you're looking at secondary measures, not primary measures. Like, how are you coming to this conclusion? Because based on what I read and what I interpreted, it's not actually true. They're actually equally efficacious. <laughs> that's what I said to my attending on yeah. and his it was like this awkward silence residents fellows med students and he was like see guys this is what I'm saying 
Don't just take what I say. You guys should know what I'm saying. He, he put this whole thing on it. And so I asked him, like, at the inner, I said, why do you always make it so much harder to me? Like, do you just not like me? Like, he said, I always ask you because I know you know the answer. Mm. And I use you to teach everyone else. Mm. You come prepared. Other people don't. And so that's why I call. I said, well, you should give me a heads up because everybody can't take <laughs> what you, you know what I'm saying? Like, that could have gone a whole nother different way, right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> oh, so, but, 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 do you ever, get, you ever get just tired of having to prove yourself? Yes. You, you know, you get to that point, you're just fed up like, man, I, yep. I put the time in, I put the hard work in. And I, I know, and I'll talk personal experience, you know, you'll be times where, you know, other people get promoted, other people yep. get um, managerial opportunities, other people get people to work under them. And you like you, I've been here sweating, blood and tears. I've been here putting in work. I've been here representing the organization in ways that to make the organization look great. But yet when it comes to an opportunity, there's always that question, you know, that question, why? And it's like, man, Gives it to that point, but man, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I want to, man, I don't want to try this hard anymore, man. Do why do I have to try so hard? You know, when you got to those points of frustration, like what, what did you do to keep pushing forward um, on your journey? I have to remind myself that I am in charge of my destination, mm -hmm. of my journey. Yeah, I'm here because I choose to be here. Mm -hmm. Each of us are in the positions we are in because we choose to be in choose. those. Mm -hmm. And you cannot relinquish your ability to choose. Mm -hmm. That's your power. Yeah. Yes, sir. It is at the end of the day. And so even if that, I'm also a purpose-driven life type of person. And I realize that things happen for, um, uh, on, on purpose. I don't think that it's happened happenstance. So if I'm not promoted for that position, I still yeah. glory in that situation because that is me avoiding something bad. something that yeah exactly yeah, yeah that yeah, means something yeah. better is ready yeah, for me right exactly. or i'm being prepared for something greater right yes yes that yes. means i'm not finished with this assignment mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that's okay yeah so i think you have to have the ability to zoom out mm -hmm. but i also believe in living an intentional life you cannot put you can't just let whatever happened happen just float this wave and see where it takes me that is not the way i operate if you want to get from point a to point b and you've never been there before, you can know that it's due east and just know eventually if I drive from New York, as long as I keep heading west, I'll eventually hit California, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it yeah. might be wise to pull out your Google Maps <laughs> and see <laughs> and be intentional about getting some directions. Yeah, make sure you don't end up in Oregon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You'll watch it much faster. It'll be much more efficient. You are actually have forethought and foresight into where mm. you're headed to, right? Yeah, 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 Versus yeah, yeah. just figuring it out. Mm. So when you went to that transition, sorry, Marla, let, let me get this no, one more. No, no, no. I know, I know this is right up your alley too, Rick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, this is what I live, man. This yeah, is what I live, you know? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so you get to that point and you're like, okay, I'm leaving that mid-management type level. And, and you talked about a little bit how they gave you the position. Um, I forget the hospital you were at. Where you were overseeing the the, the doctors and um, you know when you transition from that mid level management type of position to now to that executive role, mm -hmm. talk talk about that switch in mindset 
and how you have to approach the everyday yeah. job. You're right. It's interesting. Um, as an executive, my interpretation of that was I got to up my game. So <laughs> immediately my dress changed. <clears throat> I was always known for my bow ties, my cufflinks, my suits. I was always on point, right? Yes. Um, so, <laughs> so as an executive, I'm like, I always had to look the part and I had to always be prepared mm-hmm. because the higher you come up, you have to know the answers right. and or be resourceful to know the people who know the know answers. The answers. Right. Because that's your role. Your role is no longer to execute. Mm-hmm. Your role is to be strategic, to set the vision, hold people accountable and open doors when they hit the barriers. Mm-hmm. So it's a shift in mindset from me having to work every day. And this is what I actually work with some of my executive counterparts here in New York. Some of them were frontline physicians who have been promoted into these executive leadership meetings, right? And so we get on them and I've only been here a few months, but I still, I mean, you build a friendship, you find opportunity to talk to people and coach them. Yeah. And so one of our physicians, I noticed on call, she'll say, we should treat our patients with drug Y because blah, 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 blah. And this is why I think we should do, what do you guys think? And I'm like, you're the chief, like the chief quality officer of the organization. So I called her afterwards and I said, are you exhausted? She's like, oh my God, yeah, that meeting was so exhausted. I said, you know why? (laughs) (laughs) She said, why? I said, because you are trying to tell us how to execute and you're also trying to prove yourself. Mm. We already know what you, you know what you're doing? Like Haloni, just say, do X and we'll, if we got questions, guess what? We gonna ask you questions. Ain't nobody got questions. You ain't gotta explain yourself. <laughs> and if you don't know the how, it ain't your job to figure out the how. Tell somebody else to do it. <laughs> delegate, learn how to delegate at that level, for yeah, real. Yeah. And a lot of people, and it, and, and it seems, it's a challenge because you're used to executing, right? You're used to being that person who has to make things happen. Mm-hmm. And so as the higher you go up as a leader, you have to be willing to retain the information, coach someone underneath you who doesn't know how to do it, but don't do it for them. Mm-hmm. That is That requires tremendous patience, <laughs> right? Yeah, and yeah. it takes more effort, but your return on that investment. Much greater, yeah. Much yeah. greater. And you work less. Absolutely. Yes. In the future. Yeah, 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 in the future, yeah, yeah, not in the future, but up front, bruh, yeah, 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 yeah. where you out, but, (laughs) but it's an investment. Yeah, Yeah. definitely, hey man, I'm telling you, I love this, the reason why I love this is because of where I am right now in my Marine Corps career, and from, it's funny how the exact, the, the, the civilian and Marine Corps, when you go through the ranks, is the exact same concept, because you see some guys, they were the best at that that like you said, at the doing execution level. Mm-hmm. And then when they come up to the strategic, you're like, why are you crumbling? You are so great down here. Yeah. What happened when you came up here? They can't forget you're not the doer anymore. Yeah. And no. it doesn't work. Yeah. It, no, no. it doesn't, it doesn't work. work. You will tire out your, you will be exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And especially, listen, like, Four plus five equals nine. Two plus seven equals nine. As long as you give me nine, I ain't got to tell you how to give how me to nine. How to get there. Yes. Yeah, and yeah. you will drive your team members crazy because you always want four plus five. And they're like, I always did six plus three. <laughs> yeah. 
You know what I mean? I love that. I love that. And that's okay. You got to be okay in relinquishing control in order to be a good leader. Now, let me let me ask you this, and I know probably Rick want to ask this, but I'm going to get it before. When you get up to those level, you stop seeing a lot of people that look like you. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, but that happened way before that. Yeah, yeah, Go yeah. Ahead. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, 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 uh, so you start seeing people you, uh, along the way. You're going up. You're seeing people that don't look like you. And this is going to be a twofold question. First of all, like Rick said, and you kind of you, you you covered that already. But how you have to the weight on your shoulder as a minority black male have to prove yourself. Now, also sometimes they bring you up there and they just want you to be that token. Mm-hmm. Only be there just for the face of the company to say we hired a black a black person. And now when you come into the room, you know what I'm going. Just cover that that for me. I'm with you. Listen, listen. Let me be your token. Pay me. (laughs) Yeah, pay me. Because guess what? I'm going to ride this train, and I am going to milk it for all it's worth. Because, listen, it's for my good, not yours. You're going to benefit from it because I just exude excellence that's just what i do we don't we don't we as black people have an amazing ability to accomplish whatever we decide we want to accomplish whether Mm. that's to do absolutely nothing or to do amazing (laughs) things we are good at what we decide we want to do right so let me be very clear if i decide i'm going like do i'm gonna rock this place i'm about to rock this place and i can do that from a token position i can do that from a sincere position but i what i charge us to do is not even waste time trying to determine if i'm the token or not Mm. what my mentor always told me one of my mentors back at purdue who is um jackie jimerson she was in charge of the multicultural programs she had two slogans it was project excellence Mm. and that was always yeah and number two was get more of us to the decision making table Mm. yeah yeah and that is literally what drives me to keep moving to the next table not kidding you. I don't know. Like she ingrained that thing in my brain. I don't know how she did, but since like 2003, get more of us to the decision-making table. And every time I move to another organization, move up in the ranks, you say, I don't see us, right? Yeah. So when I went to Kaiser, yeah. my first leader that I hired was a black guy from out Atlanta. My first senior leader. Mm. Yeah. Next project manager, black female internally. Listen, I'm about to I'm about to make this whole side of the organization. Yeah, be like, <laughs> I almost called you for that job you put up the other day for the assistant. I want to be I want to be your assistant, sir. Bruh, you want to be my EA? Come on! But I said, <laughs> this is the thing. I but what I what I do, I, and I have to tell my organization this. I've told multiple organizations this that I remember when I was at Southern and I went there. I'm on the dean's whatever. When you give money or have an endowment scholarship, they have breakfast for you, right? So I'm at this breakfast, all white hair, Caucasian people. I'm the only brother of color. And they're talking about all this future stuff. So the president asked her any questions and I raised my hand. And I said, I love the diversity of the campus. And I'm just wondering if you are doing any kind of focus initiatives to ensure that your faculty and staff reflect the diversity and the people that you actually serve on this campus. And you would have seen all the people that turned around and looked at me. Yes, And the president said this to me, he said, apply mm. like, he said 
we just don't get peop, diverse pop people that apply here. Mm-hmm. And so, so how do you interpret that response? Hmm. <laughs> that, that's a very loaded question. You know that, right? Because it's very tricky because sometimes you, you could get, so it's the same thing with Delta. I'm going to answer this with a little thing. So Delta said they're going to look for more diversion when it, when it comes to um, pilots. Mm-hmm. And what I hear people say is, oh man, I want my pilots to be the best. So I'm like, so you're saying that black people can't become or not the best pilots? So it could be a twofold question. When, it, when you ask that question, it could be, some of us don't think that we deserve to be there or we're scared to ask for the position, just like you said. Okay. Or sometimes- They're saying they aren't qualified. They don't, let, they don't let the people that's supposed to come up there actually come through the process. Like you said, you had seven interviews. Sometimes when you get, and they see at the first one, they're like, nah, you're not coming up here. So it's a twofold question. That's what I have to say, I don't know. You, 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 you're looking for an answer. I want to hear what you want to say. <laughs> Did you have something that you want to add? No, good. go ahead, man. I'm good. So my, hit it, yeah. my stance on it is you are passing the book. Oh, yeah, that's number one. You are not taking accountability because so my response is that people that look like me, we do really excellent work. And so thus people who have us employed do extra effort to retain us. So mm. you have to get be intentional about recruiting me because right. I'm not looking to come here. Mm. But if you want me, then you will come and get me because right. that's what happens in every other organization. Yeah. So, so when I talk to my, so this is how I get people to get, when I hired all the people of color at Kaiser, I didn't just post a position and all the people of color started applying. No, I got on LinkedIn like I've been doing since I posted these two positions and I look for every qualified candidate that has a, is a different color than the rainbow, right? Every single one. And I reach out to them personally. I follow, wait for them to respond. And I say, hey, how are you? What are you up to? I noticed your profile. Awesome. I'm building an amazing team. I, I think you'd be a great fit. Can we talk more about this position? Any interest? 50% say I'm not interested, but I can find somebody who might be and I'll send mm-hmm. them that way. Mm-hmm. I've had multiple conversations and now one of my top candidates is a black, I think she is, she's like, she's Guyanese or she's a black girl who is qualified, who didn't even know about the position, who I've already got recruitment, like the recruiter talking to her. She's <laughs> one of them. I talked to this Filipino girl yesterday from DC who I connected to the recruiter. I'm reaching out to people yeah. and I make sure the most qualified people who yes. look more like me know about it and get into the conversation. Mm. And then I let the rest of my team who don't look like me decide who they want to choose. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. They choose. They score it all. Yeah. I make sure we're at the table. I Mm. love that. I love that because a lot of times we've been talking about that, that a lot of times when black, we had a lady last week. um, Well, yeah, last week, because yours yours will be after hers. And she was saying, uh, we're saying a lot of times, we we go to like you go to the high high level position, and then you just kind of say, yeah, okay, I'm up here, I'm good, I, yep. I'm, uh, and you just yep. stay by yourself and don't want to bring nobody up at li- 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 that hand behind. And we find out a lot in our community that we don't do that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's a challenge. I think number one is some. I don't know that we are always taught mm. to operate in that way. So mm-hmm. that's why I, I really value my mentor saying get more of us there. Makes sense. If she hadn't said that, I don't know if I would operate this way. 
I mean, some mm. of us we feel that it's um or taught that it's wrong to to do it that way. Like, what do you mean? Yeah. You're bring, trying to are you um bringing all your people or or are you mm. are or what's I, I'm lost of words right now. It's late, but it's just like uh, uh you can't do it that way. Oh no, right. man! Look, then you hear the you hear the the statements. Oh, everyone's gathered in the same place. They're all gathered in one area. They're all all the <laughs> negative stuff when it comes to multiple. <laughs> African-Americans or whatever it may be, whatever culture yep. may be outside of being a white individual in the workplace, there's always a negative connotation to it. So, yeah. You're right, you're right. But you know what my, my response to that is? Show me all the white people on your team and then let's have this conversation. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Everybody exactly. on your whole team. It's white. Exactly. Right. So that means you chose all the white people. I think this is a racist issue. I think we need to talk <laughs> to EEO oh, about your performance because I think this is questionable. Yeah, if yeah. Everybody looks like you. I don't see any females. Like this is mm -hmm. this ain't right. Right. Yeah. Next thing yeah. you know, they ain't got nothing to say about your organization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I know no, you're fine. Right. Now a, a little bit, I know, um, I know, I know you're tired from from, 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 from delegating. <laughs> He had, a, he had a long day. I know his wife did. You, she did her what? Her third. Yeah, third chemo, third, man. Third oh, chemo. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His wife, um, uh, uh breast cancer. So yeah. she went through a third stage of chemo today. So I'm, I'm even appreciative when Rick, um, does stuff like this on the yeah. day that she did it. And um, I'm happy that we did it too because you, I think people need to hear what you got to say. I, th I think they need to move you now till you just start talking to black executives for real. I'm telling you, because they need to they need to hear this. But now that you did that, a lot of times people get in a job where they get a big offer and they get a big stipend and they get money on top of money on top of money on top of money. And they just say, wow, I'm good. Right. But you says I'm going to diversify. I'm going to have real estate here. I bought the nice pond in, in in New Orleans that I'm waiting for the invite to get to when you build the nice cottages and everything. And um and all these different things you're building. You 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 come to New York. You buy a spot. You're putting the, the the pond there and all these different things. What makes you think that? Hey, listen. I know I'm making a lot of money from the um being an executive, but I'm also going to diversify. How can you talk to those people that are not diversifying when it comes to stuff like that? Yeah, I think that um. I've always been a big, I read a lot of books, right? So especially leadership, investment, 40th birthday this year. So 40 books, that's my target, mm. right? So um, for me, I've always been taught that you need to have multiple streams of income. Yes. And so um, in my current job, your job may have a few different streams in itself, but I'm always looking at other opportunities. My other thing is I don't ever want to have to work. Mm. And the only way you'll never have to work is if you have other ways of getting income. Yes, Correct. sir. And so I learned early on that you can buy a house for like on an FHA loan with three and a half percent down. And if you move and as long as you have somebody rented and cover your mortgage is as if you didn't buy the house. So you can start over and buy another house. And I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and when I, I was like, for real? So that's how I left Indiana. I went to Atlanta and bought another house. Right. And then I was like, so you have more than one FHA you can if they're in different states. Oh, right. okay. Well, let's check out, you know, and so that's yep, what yep. I started to do. And my thing is I don't rent. I just feel like rent is a complete waste Wait, of money. I'm with you. Unless somebody else, like the organization that's recruiting you is going to cover your rent. Otherwise <laughs> you need to transition into a some home. Some type of asset. Yep. Exactly. Some type of asset. Absolutely. Um. So that's kind of what led me down that road. And again, it's more of how do I 
I like real estate because I use it as a savings account. <laughs> I don't ever make money on my real estate and that's intentional. Mm. I always take a loss every year. So okay. if you're my tenant, you're going to get the best incentives. Listen, first month, free, last month free, you get a 50% off special, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? got a way that I'm going to lose money this year because sure. I need a tax break on it, right? Sure. But at the same time, my principal is reducing. So if and when I need to cash in on it, like last year, I sold California and Atlanta and bought New York. Mm. And so, but I hadn't made any money on Atlanta for years. But the value doubled in five years. Yes. And so it worked itself out. So yes. I think if you're if you're smart about it, you just have to be mindful about as you enter different tax brackets, if you don't have tax breaks or um, this deductions, you have to be mindful about this is investing in yourself. Don't try to reap your investment right now because you will do yourself a disservice. Mm-hmm. It's okay to lose money. It's building equity because you're building money, but it's a savings account and it's shelter from taxes. So you're not being taxed on that right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know this. I know I'm trying to be like Marlon when I grow up. Listen, <laughs> so, so that's that's why I, I took the route that I took um, with going into the real estate, um, working with a financial planner, because the reality is we weren't taught generational wealth. No. And so I'm all about, my company's called The Carroll Legacy. And it's because I'm all about legacy, changing the narrative and building generational wealth. Mm-hmm. Well, the way you look at me, you don't see that I'm a billionaire, but, and it doesn't matter if you know it or not, because I legit feel like I could lose everything that I have right now. I can liquidate all of my assets and I'll still be okay. Mm. I'll be fishing on a farmland, growing my vegetables and I will still be happy. Because yes. jobs and the money don't define me. They don't actually bring me happy happiness. They just allow me to be able to touch more lives, to be able to help other people navigate when they need it, especially if they're emergency. I'm able to do that without actually causing any undue harm to my own self. Yeah. And that's the way I just want to be able to live. Yeah. I see it, man. I see that you take care of your parents. I see um and condolences, of course, you know. Um, um, but I see you take care of your parents. I love that that you're always, especially, um, well, especially everybody but Mom Dukes, I know you always, <laughs> you got it right here, baby. I, I, I love that. Yeah, I got to. Yeah, yeah, man, I love it. Hey, Will, man, I'm telling you, I, I always, we always say say part two, <laughs> but this one right here, I think we're going to have to do something with this in terms of bringing you back to actually sit down and talk to some, because you have a very good insight in your mindset. I love it because yeah. what you said is, I think a big lesson that I took away and I think other people should take away is when you said you make a choice. So when you, even if you're at the lower position than somebody that's up here, Mm -hmm. you made the choice to be here. So I'm not begging you to be at this table. I'm here for a reason. Yeah. I'm here for a reason. When you have that mindset, you're not coming there to say, okay, if you want to spit on me, just spit on me, sir. (laughs) um, Listen, listen, I, I, I do um, I do this talk. I, I actually talk about resiliency and academic excellence, but I call them my life lessons for leadership. Mm, yeah. Every time something significant happens or teaches me a lesson, I add another lesson. So I'm up to eight life lessons right now. Mm. And so those lessons are what I use to try to, I, I speak at universities, I'll speak to other executives um, about these lessons. And I just had a talk at Purdue 
and I was talking to their doctoral and business management students. And I said, many times you don't realize you're trying to think of how do I become a good leader? How do I begin to management? What do I need to do to prepare? You don't realize all the lessons you've already learned in life that will prepare you to be a good leader. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm bringing, drawing, shining light on that I grew up without having all this other stuff, which taught me to value people, always value people over things. That's your first life lesson. Don't try to go seeking dollars in these budgets, whatever, and then undermine your staff because you will eventually erode at your whole foundation. Like value people over things, right? And I literally go through those life lessons from my brother was murdered. Like you got to pause and enjoy life, right? You can't go hundred miles an hour. You got to be able to, like, those are the life lessons, the purpose, the passion, right? Those mm. are the key things that I think as you look at those things, mentor is one as well. Get your mentor and be intentional about, you know, I'm at position one and I want to be at position five. Are you sure you want to be at position five? Yes. When do you want to get to position five? Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's figure out how you want to get there. First, let's talk about position two. Are you okay? Are you going to be okay with positions two, three, four? Because those have to have me before you come to five, right? Yeah. Yeah. And those may not be as comfortable as what you're thinking about five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But are you willing to endure that before you get there? Like you need to start thinking about that. And ultimately, where do you want to be? And I think you just figure out how to get there. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, love it. Love man. it. Man, well, man, appreciate you, dude, for just coming on, man, and just yeah, to share oh, with our you, travelers, man. It, it's this is um it was good for me too, man. I I mean just refreshing just hearing the words that you're saying. Um, this, this here you see your walk, man, and what you've done and the example that you've been um in this world so far, man, and all the organizations that you've been at. And you know, I know the communities that you're in. So really appreciate you for what you're doing, man. Wish you nothing but the but the best. Uh, yes. prayers to you, man, as, as you continue to just grow uh your territory and just grow your influence uh in this space. So travelers, man, I this is honestly, I think this is, and I don't think I told Marlon this yet, but this is the last episode uh, or guest episode for this uh, season. What a note to leave it on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. It's the last one for this season, man. And man, you guys, this has been a phenomenal, phenomenal time that we've had with you guys this season. We're going to take a little bit, take a little break. Uh, when we come back, I, I will have my office back. It won't be a picture. Um, <laughs> you know, you guys hung out with me this whole season with the picture in the background. So I appreciate you, but I promise you the office will be, will be here when we come back. Um, we may do one more episode, just me and Marlon, uh, in the, in the meantime, but guys, man, thank you so much for following us on this journey. Uh, Will, thank you so much for sharing your experience. Why don't you share with the travelers? I know you mentioned on LinkedIn that you're on there. If there's anywhere they can uh, connect with you, maybe they listen to this this uh, episode and they want to see if there are any opportunities to work with the organizations that you're at. You know, how can they get that information as well? Yeah, absolutely. LinkedIn is probably the best way, if, especially if you want to talk business. Um, William Carroll, that's, that's underneath my name on LinkedIn with Rochester Regional Health. Look me up. And uh, let's talk business. We got a lot of positions open and we can make some. So there we go. go. Nah, love it. Love it. Love it. All right. I'll send you. (laughs) (laughs) Good to see y'all. Thank y'all so much for the opportunity and for the good memories too. Love, man. We got to get together soon again. Yeah, yeah. In the meantime, y'all stay safe. I'll be praying for your wife too, man. All right. Appreciate it. Take it easy, man. All right. Have a good one. All right. Peace. And travelers, we'll see you next week at the same time at the same place on a success journey show. All right, everyone. Peace.
You've been listening to The Success Journey Show, where your dreams, drive, determination, and diligence are the foundation to success. For more information, check out thesuccessjourneyshow.com. The Journey Squad is here helping you to your destination.